You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. It's WrestleMania week on the Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to WrestleMania week on the Sports Podcasting Network. Joining me today, one of my favorite wrestlingobserver.com, uh, Empire, call it whatever you like, one of my favorite hosts, Mike Semperbee from wrestlingobserver.com. Mike, how you doing today? Really, really well. I always will be appreciative of people of Quebec having such low standards. <laughs> hey, you should know about that. You got our baseball team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is true, and, and, I, and I know I'm going to be on, on the side of a jinx. I have a feeling for a very, very long time, so I'd like to apologize. I never had a problem with Rusty Staub. I always loved Gary Carter. All that stuff. Please, just take the hex off. <laughs> I'm over it, though. It's been a couple of years now. Since uh, maybe last year was the first year I could get into baseball. Then 10 years because, well, the Blue Jays were doing good, and I didn't feel that that stink of, well, my team is gone. So, actually, you know what? I don't – I don't – I'm not angry. I don't have any remorse, any bad feelings, any ill will towards Washington anymore. Well, see, there's the flip side of the Baltimore-Washington area – and of Ontario and Quebec because there are people in Baltimore who are still upset at Cito Gaston, uh, <laughs> not only for the Blue Jays defeating the Orioles in those years, but mostly for just never pitching Mike Messina in the All-Star game. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, WrestleMania week, Mike. Are you excited? Because it's getting closer. We're recording this on Friday morning. Are you getting excited for Sunday or is it just tonight? You know, yes. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things, if you listen to Observer Live sometimes, it's so hard to not dwell on the negative because there is so much. And it's so hard not to dwell on some of the things that you just look at and shake your head and, and, and throw your hands up in the air about because they, they happen so often. But no matter what you think about the lead into WrestleMania this year or any other year, whether it's great, whether it's terrible, no matter what, it's still WrestleMania. And with WWE having a fan base, and, and really I think wrestling in general having a fan base that seems to be, you know, the, the peak ones are between 35 and 55 years old, which <laughs> means almost everybody came through three boom generations. We came up in the 80s. We kind of hit teens and, and went to college and were a little bit older than that uh, in the Attitude Era. And when that was happening, a lot of the old fans they were done for good. Most certainly the case from WCW went away. And then we had kind of like the Cena area and the, the, the reimagination of how things were going to be, uh, how the Indies were perceived, how Japan was perceived, how the UK has been, all of this stuff, more of a global look and how wrestling has changed. We went through that time too. And I know people will say it's not a boom period or anything like that, but I disagree somewhat. Uh, you know, John Cena has made a lot of money. WWE has more money and more attention now than ever. Things globally have gotten a lot smaller and they're more accessible now. So I know things are perfect, but things could be far worse than, you know, though, too. But we came up through these generations and we have turned this into an event. We flocked to WrestleMania as though it's Mecca and other groups have as well, too, where WWE isn't the only one running. There's several promotions. There's like if you count the Hall of Fame, there's like 12 shows that are taking place down there. I mean, we've had groups like CZW and Shimmer are running. Kaiju Big Battle is running. <laughs> and in the past, we've had Lucha shows. We've had Chikara shows. 
we've had other stuff happen where this week is now like the Super Bowl and WrestleMania is now like the Super Bowl. Even if the AFC and NFC championship games were, were that much better or, or, or compare it to any sport, who cares? The conference final, if it was that much better, doesn't matter. Because even if we're staring down the barrel of a blowout and something that's going to be boring and tiring in, in the Super Bowl, we're going to be there to watch it anyway because it's now destination programming. And it still would be if they had it on pay-per-view. As people think I'm nuts, but they would get 1.3 million buys at this point on pay-per-view. Not because everything's going great, but just because this is where we're at now, and this is the kind of event that it is. Very interesting point, Mike, when you talk about the three-boom generation, that actually we are in a boom period, and I have to agree with you, because I call it the digital boom period, because the only difference from a couple years ago is how people access the content itself, the network, but more of it, Every wrestling content. I think that's the boom is, yes, there was a, a period where people found their TV shows of wrestling on TV or on streaming. But now you can get whatever you like. So fans are actually finding the product they want and flocking to it. And that's why I believe it's a boom period like you mentioned. Because looking at WrestleMania, a 100,000 kayfabe person will be there, which is well, mind-blowing. But just 85,000 people. Can you imagine how hard it is in 2016 to get 85,000 people to commit to do somebody, to do something. I can get five to come out on Facebook to come and join me for a beer. They can get <laughs> 85,000 people to spend money and a lot. We're talking about thousands of dollars if people are traveling and getting to the actual Dallas Arlington area. It's a lot of money. And it's my boggling to me that people are always negative. It's not a beard. It's going down the drain. It is. But in a way, that's what it's about. It's because people care about it positively, negatively, it's still going to be the juggernaut that it is. Yeah, and, and, and we're, we're in flux right now. And, and still, if, when WWE, a rising tide lifts all ships, and when WWE is strong, everything is strong. Brian always ties it into the website, and, and he's exactly right because he's let me know, and I, I've pretty much seen uh, the data that shows that. It doesn't matter if you think anything's going well. If WWE is, is, is perceived to be going well, then everything is actually going to pick up along the lines with it. But with that said, we're in an era now where, like you said, people are, are, are able to flock to the things that they really like. And the problem with that is, you know, WWE is always going to have the money. I mean, it's going to be very hard to squander what they have. It would have to happen over a long period of time, or they'd have to sell to someone who didn't know how to run it. And it would, you know, suffer that way or something like that. But all of these other promotions are kind of taking a, a smaller piece of the pie. It's like cable channels. It's like music. <laughs> you know, the song isn't the thing now that makes you the money. You have to find alternate means to make your money because you put out a song, it's going to be bootleg. Look how many rappers put out mixtapes. I mean, and some there's great stuff on there. You could live, if you're a hip-hop fan, hip fan, off of just mixtapes. So why would you want to spend any money? You want to spend the money because you support the artist. So you will go on tour, you will buy the shirt, you will do this, you will do that. And that's where we're at with wrestling right now. And I think it forces wrestling to be more creative. It, it forces wrestling to be more artistic. And sooner or later, if that's the culture that, that's being brewed, it's going gonna, it's gonna to slowly infiltrate its way into WWE. A lot of people you know, always will bash WWE for what they do, and it's true. But the, oftentimes, no matter how hard the fight is, Cream ends up actually rising to the top. How Cesaro is perceived. Forget how he's pushed, but how he's perceived. You know, he yeah. will always be a legend amongst the fans that, that, that see him. 
uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan made it to the top. You know, we're seeing it now with Samoa Joe. They're talking about signing Will Ospreay. Look at the guys that have been signed to developmental or, or to been signed to NXT. La Sombra, Shinsuke Nakamura, El Generico, Tyler Black, Cesaro, Luke Harper, over Kevin Owens. All of these guys, and no matter how they're being pushed right now or what you think about how they're being pushed, their cultivation on the indie scene, wrestling for IWA Mid-South and wrestling for all these indies and trying to do something different and trying to be unique, sooner or later, it's all going to work its way into WWE because no matter how many Eva Marie's that they try to come up with, the bottom line is you're still going to need the, the horses that can go. And, and they're always going to be developed on the indies. And we're at a time now where, again, the, the art and trying to get people to really be seen in, in this age where the world has gotten smaller but there's so still tons more to see you know is that's going to actually be good for everybody in the long run it's absolutely true it's fascinating too because if you're looking at uh, wwe about two and a half three years ago they gave up the fight on fighting piracy and the way that their stuff was getting stolen and distributed online instead of hiring lawyers and spending millions of dollars a year fighting it they're using it as a marketing, a promotion, a propaganda almost type of word spreading that is used now with that aspect. Everything pops up on social media, GIFs, uh, on uh, streaming website, downloading illegally, whatever you want to call it. But because they don't fight it anymore, it seems like they're spreading the word. And eventually, when the offer came with nine 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 a month, people are like, that's even easier to do than just piracy itself. So let me do this. And I think that's what we're getting at. It's now the offer. It's just WWE in itself is ahead of the curve. Usually when it's talking about stuff like this, where they will be the forefront. So we're the first one with the type of network and the first one to not spend that much of money on fighting piracy. And what he's showing them is, look, you can have a great business model if you just change revenue, trying to have it more on your pocket, change the amount of percentage you get, whatever they did with the network. And you can grow the business that way by cutting down the cost. Look, let's not fight piracy. It's a fight that we cannot win anyways. We're going to fight the rest of our life. It's just like the war, the war on drugs. So let's yeah. be smart about it. And, well, look what it did. And I think the, the rest of the media companies eventually are going to follow suit because it, it, it makes sense. Well, and it's it's like it's like drug dealing. I mean, you, you can't hit the user. You gotta you know you gotta wipe out the the middle ground, and you gotta go up for the the, the big kills. I mean, you know, to to go and try to to complain about anything really that that's on YouTube before 1984, especially why, you know, even if frankly it's before the Attitude Era because of what their view and how they have have aimed the network is really. The, the 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 person on the come up from the attitude era. Remember, wrestling used to start in 1984 when Vince pulled it out of the, uh, the those dark uh, smoke filled clubs and, and cleaned it up and brought it to the masses. Well, now that's the attitude era. They they kind of focus that way. So it's like the stuff before the new generation. Eh, what do they care? And they're smart because the fact of the matter is, if you've given up and that's the stuff that you like, well, you're probably really not going to get their money anyway. So let them have it. Or, or, you know that you're going to get their money anyway because that's how diehard of a wrestling fan they are. So let them have it and, and focus, you know, forward looking on the network. Now the thing is, like I said, I know they haven't had pay per view. I think over 1.2 million. I think that was the high point, and they've had lows in the last 10, 15 years of 
like 860 or it's let's say let's go back to like 25 or whatever it is it's like you know i think that was the low one you had batista that that did a, a higher one uh, against triple h i think it was uh or the undertaker i can never remember which one where he won the title and that was a, a big surprise but i think with the way that the pay-per-view universe has swelled i think with how Shows like Mayweather, Pacquiao have raised the bar. And WWE member, too, they, I think they were at 75 by the time that they stopped peaking on pay-per-view. I haven't checked in a long time, but that's about what it was. I mean, they were going towards a, a, a $100 pay-per-view as well, which people were going to pay. I mean, they paid 75 They would have paid 100 too. They would have bitched, but they still <laughs> would have paid 100 because that's the direction that things have gone. And this is where they blew it, and they continue to blow it. And the fact that they're giving a free month away this month blows my mind even more, is that this could do a million one, a million two, not because the card is good, but because that's what we do. We watch WrestleMania, and them putting this in the Royal Rumble and SummerSlam and, and frankly, the Survivor Series, uh, even though they probably would have picked another one besides Survivor Series with how they look at that pay-per-view, yeah. but... You know, the fact that they did put those on the network and then, I mean, the fact that they just put WrestleMania on the network is still a mistake to me. And I think they got to get WrestleMania off of there. I know people will be upset, but I think with the people that are subscribed, I think with the value that they have, I think you go ahead and and put that one back off and try to make as much money off of that as you can. Because I think in the long run, that's still going to be a big, major mistake, big, big mistake. Now let's talk about actual action on that canvas, Mike. You mentioned the name Shinsuke Nakamura earlier. Tonight he makes his WWE debut versus Sami Zayn, a gentleman that I've seen a couple times, if you know what I mean. And, <laughs> so tonight, Generico Nakamura. Are you excited? Is it news? That's the match that I've been waiting for for months. I don't care about Sunday almost. Tonight is the night. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I mean, it all depends on what tickles your fancy. You look at those Evolve cards, and you shake your head with what's on those. You, it, this NXT card, for sure, because it's... The other way that wrestling has changed is because we're so wired in as, as people and as a culture and as a universe, you know, we're, we're smarter than ever, too, and, and we're more worldly than ever about what we watch. And... Triple H is, is very good about that. And, you know, NXT has been great about that. You look at the talent that's there, all the names from all over the world. They just announced a bunch of names that, you know, he just blows your mind. Akira Tozawa and Ho-Ho Lun. Actually uh, signed Gargano Ciampa and Sombra and many more for the global cruiserweight yeah. tournament. Hey, Ho-Ho Lun. Did, did anybody think that anybody oh. in WWE knew a wrestler who wrestled in Hong Kong? Hong Kong cool. I mean, you know, and I'm sure that was a hookup through through Gabe, you know, because because you're going over there. Uh, but 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 I had again, I have no idea that's speculation on, on my behalf. But it's like, look at where they're at with this now. So if you're a worldly wrestling fan, which a lot of fans are now. And in fact, I think a growing majority of their fans are the ones that are not old like me are the ones who are super, super smart and tuned in. They're the ones who are booing Roman Reigns. They're the ones who like to get what they want, like Daniel Bryan. And they are the ones who are pushing NXT and, and making it a you know a, a more watchable show than SmackDown, oftentimes. In fact, most of the time, and Raw almost you know every week as well too. Bailey and Oscar is oh. 
I mean, Jesus, uh, El Generico and and well, Genera. I see. I keep doing it. Sammy Zayn. Yeah, I did it to you. Sorry, it's my 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 bad. Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, we already know. I mean, no matter what, Shinsuke Nakamura. Whatever happens to him in WWE, we're gonna have at least this match, and it's gonna be awesome because we know Shinsuke Nakamura is awesome, and we know Generico is awesome. You know, Zayn's awesome. So, I mean. How can it be bad unless you, we have a blown knee on the ring entrance? How can it be bad? Now, what and would you say that, Mike? Come well, on. I mean, I'm touching but, wood as we speak. but I know. <laughs> Samoa Joe and, and Finn Balor. How can it be bad? How can, it, how can any of this be bad? I'm looking at the roster of NXT. And you know what it reminds me of? If you go back about 12, 13 years ago, the idea of ROH, the idea of the super indie and the get the talent from everywhere and bring it under one roof and have a super show... It's that idea on steroids and TRT that is now NXT. It's just crazy. We're looking at all the hotbeds of wrestling in the entire world. Now they have stars from those hotbeds competing under one batter. Maybe missing actually somebody from Mexico, actually. But uh, an actual luchador in NXT. But it's just that. It's people from everywhere. It's like the best in the world are in there fighting to have a chance to go to the main roster, but not even to just have a it's great show. It's an 64 game. <laughs> it is. It's create a player. And who would you put in? That roster. That's what yeah. we do. do. It's, it's, it's NWO versus the world. It, it's, I mean, that's what, that's what it is. If, if you are a wrestling fan, a, a non-pure WWE wrestling fan, and if you are a, a non-pure WWE wrestling fan, then odds are you are a fan of multiple promotions. And odds are you are, are at least knowledgeable or at least have some idea who the major names across the world are. And they're all kind of come to NXT. I mean, Rich Swan is Rich Swan in NXT. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa wrestled for Evolve this year and are wrestling for NXT on a regular basis and getting wins, and they're not signed by WWE. I mean, it's just where we're at with it's just, it's mind numb. It blows me away. And hey, how they're used when they go up to the main roster, you know, that it, it's bad. It's been bad, uh, and we'll have to see what happens with Sami Zayn up on the main roster. It's not been the the best no. start so far. Although, you know, I, I think you still have to give it a, a little bit more time here. <laughs> Hopefully, I, I would assume it's going to work out a little bit better than Tyler. Or a belt. <laughs> you give him more time, or you give him a belt, like, <laughs> like Sunday <laughs> you know. night. You know? Yeah, I mean that 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 would be a perfect time to to do it and get it all kick started and everything. But uh, you know, again, regardless of what happens to them up on their main roster, the fact that there are guys who can ply their trade, have a merchandise deal, be pushed, enjoy their craft and what they do, make a little bit of money, live in Florida, probably supplement that income by working at a at one of the theme parks or, or personal training or, or doing something else. And, you know, with all the obviously you can do something there because it's the, the land of retired wrestlers. So, you know, it, it's just I'm happy for the for the system and I'm happy for fans because no matter what you think about WWE, they are funding that <laughs> and that uh, creatively, whether it makes any money or not, is just an artistic wonder sometimes. Well, maybe it's an experiment. Maybe it's a laboratory. Because there's no laboratories left in the world. There's no place where you can experiment and try to do things here, try to put this here. We're, we're seeing the jobber reinvented now in NXT. And I think they're trying something to see, like, can we do this and then bring it to 
the main roster so our stars would look more like stars and not everybody the same because if you have a defined hierarchy then your top star will look better because jobbers are jobbers. And I think that idea, they're just experimenting something with it. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why NXT exists. It's to yeah. be that experiment place. Ty Dillinger would have been on the main roster to me because he just he's great at getting beat. <laughs> you know, and that was, you know, there was an era where jobbers were jobbers, but there were good ones. Like George South was awesome. Yo, you know, we, we like all have Jackson. one name that we remember. I remember for me it was the Hardy Boys, but where, where there were kids, where it was just Matt and Jeff and with teal tights getting yeah. there and getting their ass handed to them. But I liked it because of that. That's way before their time, but that's what I remember in like 92, 93, 94, you know? Yeah, and you know, the, 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 you remember those guys and. You need to have those guys, and, and they again, they, they don't have to win. They have to know their role, have a little bit of personality, have some color, but there there is going to be a hierarchy there. And, you know, unfortunately, on, on the main roster, it's everybody's just clonking into each other. There are no stars. It's just nobody is over on top of anybody else. You know, there's your Roman Reigns and Cena's, and but then that's everybody else is kind of a... a depending on the shade of gray, you know, they're either in deep in the mire and in, in the ocean somewhere, like a, a Damien Sandow to the point where you don't even see them. Or it's <laughs> a Kevin I, Owens where you always are, are chewing your fingernails going, oh, God, what are we going to do with this guy this week? I hope he doesn't get the Rusev treatment or something like that. So when I saw Sandow come out for that uh, battle royal, like uh, hype, I was like, yes, he's getting a time. He's going to be in a match. Wait, he made it. He's back on TV. It is that's a, that it is amazing and it's like the the best thing that can happen to you is to be off TV with an injury because then they can't mess you up. Like how many times has Barrett been hurt and come back and everybody goes, He's over. "Oh man, now they can do something with Barrett." I think everybody's forgot about that old stuff and then everything always goes the same way again, but it's <laughs> like, "Oh man, all right, hopefully we got something here. Let's go." Let's talk about the actual show this Sunday, WrestleMania. Which match or program or build is getting you excited, if any, Mike? Uh, none. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honest to God, I mean, I, I don't mean to, to, to try to... Ambrose and Lesnar, to a point, uh, because it's just... It's, it's hard to think that that's not going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I don't think I don't think that it's in doubt that, that Dean Ambrose... I mean, Brock Lesnar to... He still beat The Undertaker. He still never, in theory, was beaten for the WWE Championship. And every time he, he's gotten a chance, which have been few, at, at getting it again, there's been some some sort of deal where he is upended somehow. So for Dean Ambrose to, to, to beat Brock Lesnar doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And I don't Outside of using that chainsaw to maybe an extent that might be illegal, <laughs> there's uh, no way it was winning. And you know what? Brock's from the woods, so I think he's probably <laughs> got some sort of like, you know, Frank A. Gotch counter to that somehow. So uh, even though the, the, to me the result's not in doubt, that's going to be fun because it's going to be ridiculous. And if Brock wants to bust himself open, he will. If he wants to hard way Dean Ambrose... <laughs> Because you can't really blame Dean Ambrose if Brock Lesnar hard weighs him, right? So <laughs> you can't really that, stop Brock Lesnar either. You're like, yeah, okay, and man, you're not you really going to. And Brock threw actually, didn't he? He legitimately threw a doctor who tried to patch him up, and there were no ramifications for that, <laughs> at least public ones that I know of for Brock Lesnar. So it's hard to think that that's not going to be fun. 
I'm down with the girls because you know they're going to be putting on a, a, a great match because they've had a chance to work with each other forever, and I'm sure they had this thing you know, perfectly choreographed for wherever they want to go. And I'm a big Becky Lynch fan, and, and I know she's the third wheel in this, but, you know, Banks She's the one are, getting pinned. She's, yeah, she's getting pinned. It, yeah, it, it, that's very much possible. It, it is. They could they could have a sort of here where Sasha Banks, you know, pins Charlotte outright, which that's not going to hurt my feelings either because I think Sasha Banks is walking out of the thing with the belt no matter what anyway. And, you know, what better way to actually beat the champion? What a novel concept that is. But however they do it, that's probably going to be good. And, you know, the ladder match is probably going to open the show, and that's going to be fun. It'll be a train wreck. I'm going to cringe. I'm going to hate seeing a lot of it, and I just... Oh God, necks and backs and and brains and all that stuff. It just and, and compound fractures. Maybe that ah. gets me worse than anything. I just ah, I hate these damn matches. But um, <laughs> it, it will probably, if everybody's healthy, it will be fun. And <laughs> yeah, but but the but the build up to this Styles and Jericho the match will yeah. probably be, be good. But the build has stunk. New Day League of Nations has been goofy as all get out. Uh, Triple H and Reigns has been what it's been. Usos Dudleys. It's nice, but it's what it is. The Total Divas match, yeah. And Kali Stone Ryback, which, you know, was relegated to the very first match on the show. It'll take place on the network. won't even take place on USA Network or Rogers or, you know, who, you know whoever's showing it. It's only going to be on the network. And, you know, you would have figured that was the thing to either be something to really get Kalisto over in a place like Dallas that you can sell tons and tons of masks at and should have a high... Uh, Mexican population probably in attendance, or you can get something going with Ryback in, in the new gimmick that he's got. But instead, that's all been pushed to the pre-show, the very tippy back of the pre-show. So I, it hasn't been a fun build. The show should be pretty fun. There's you know going to be good matches, and, and I, I hope the best for everybody. But leading into this thing, it just hadn't been fun. Last question and last subject I want to get your thought on before I'll let you go, Mike. It's the big Samoan elephant in the room. <laughs> Roman Reigns. What do you do with him? What do you think is going to be the outcome, not necessarily of his match, but of his character, of his personality coming out of WrestleMania? Heel? Face? Uh, smiling? Or really angry like last year? What do you expect? I tell you what. I think uh, for... for Anybody that heard Brian last night uh, on Wrestling Observer Radio or Figure Four Daily, whatever you want to call it, from from Dallas last night, his solo show he did last night. Yes, yes. When when he brought up uh, what the match order was going to be, at least for right now, uh, which is Hell in the Cell is last. Roman Reigns Triple H is going to be before that. Whether there's a buffer in between, which it does not look like there will be. I'm sure there will be something in between, as they set Hell in the Cell up and everything something to try to calm people down a little bit. But when they said that, to me, it was obvious that Shane's going to win the main event because why else wouldn't he? You know, I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense otherwise. And Roman Reigns is going to defeat Triple H. Now, how he does so, I guess we're going to see whether Roman Reigns is going to come out of this thing or, or Monday night as a good guy or a bad guy. We're going to have to see. I personally think he's going to be a bad guy and i don't know if it's because the rock's going to help him win the belt i don't know if he's going to win the belt face the booze be congratulated by the rock on monday and then he lays the rock out and then then you have heel roman reigns i don't know and, and maybe if he actually somehow some way 
God forbid, gets a great reaction, maybe you just call it in the ring right there and go, okay, we'll see what happens on Monday night. And if they take to a Monday night for God knows what reason, maybe we just roll on with him as a babyface and he'll be endorsed by The Rock on Monday night. We'll see. But the bottom line is Roman Reigns is coming out of that thing with the belt. And I think realistically with how the crowd is probably going to treat him, you just go ahead and turn him heel. Hopefully he's the coolest heel you got going. Hopefully the women still want to throw themselves at him. Hopefully the kids, while confused, still want to play with the action figure. And the people that have hated him and have booed him uh, that entire time accept the fact that he is what he is and they can kind of get back to to more of a shield reaction that he was getting as opposed to the go-away heat one he has now. To me, that's the only thing you can do, and it's the only way you can get something out of Roman Reigns because if you want this guy to be a star at any point ever again, this is the only thing you can do because if he doesn't and he flounders as a babyface or he, he you go half-assed on him as a heel or he just becomes one of another guy, then he's just going to be one of those other guys. Mike Sempervivi of Wrestling Observer Live. You can listen to Mike from Sunday to Friday on the Sports Byline USA radio network. Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I want to say a big great thank you to Mike Sempervivi for joining me today for this State of the Union chat and kind of what we're excited about this weekend. So you can listen to Mike Sempervivi from Sunday to Fridays on the Sports Byline USA radio network on Wrestling Observer Live as well on the big Adam and Mike audio nightmare on WrestlingObserver.com and uh, well, until next time. For the NXT TakeOver review later tonight or probably it's going to be so late. It's going to be tomorrow morning. Until then, take that bump. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.